0: Welcome to Love's Last Call with Evangelist Carol Ann of Agape Light Ministries. Please open your hearts to hear an anointed message that will encourage and empower you to walk in the love and light of God's Word.
1: Beloved, we have reached Part 5 of our current study. Babylon, Romanism, and the harlot of Revelation 17. And today we are going to address the many pagan symbols that are interwoven throughout this Babylonian cult, and then we will move on to Roman Catholicism's Mary, with undeniable validation that she is the revisitation of the pagan goddess Semiramis and the primary deity that they worship. The first and foremost reason this information is critically vital, and why I come against this cult so boldly without holding back, is primarily for the love of the approximately 1.2 billion Catholic people who are imprisoned in this death camp. And unless they come to the knowledge of the truth, repent, and come out of her, they will spend eternity apart from the God of love. But it is also for the many evangelicals who have become yoked with the deadly and false way, and without even knowing it, are participating in the formation of the Antichrist one-world religion. And, tragically, instead of being the evangelist of God's salvation truth to their Catholic family and friends, they are supporting the false security that in the end will not save them. It is truly an eternal life or death matter, and time is running out as the last things on God's prophetic calendar unfold with lightning speed toward their end of the age destination. The rapture of God's true church could happen at any moment, and once that glorious event takes place, the tribulation period will begin, and it will be a time that in the words of Jesus— will be a time of great tribulation and suffering, such as has never been from the beginning of the world until now, nor ever shall be. In our last segment, I began to share a commentary entitled, Who is the Roman Catholic Church Really Worshipping? And I'll pick up there again today, with an overview of some of the most significant icons, practices, and vestments used in Roman Catholicism and which reveal their paganistic Babylonian roots. In no specific order, we will begin with the Roman Catholic Zucchetti, which is a round cap worn by Catholic priests, cardinals, and the pope. It replicates the cap of Cybele, which represented respect, fear, and submission to Cybele, who was the goddess of Mother Earth and the mother of all gods, humans, plants, and animals. She is said to have been born as both male and female. The cap of Cybele is one of the oldest and most sacred pagan religious symbols of humanity, dating back to 2000 BC. Vatican Hill was the site of the largest ancient temple to Sibel. Astereth, the goddess of fertility, sexuality, and war, was known as Sibel in Rome. In Judges 10.6, the Bible warns against worshipping her. It is written, Then the children of Israel again did evil in the sight of the Lord, and served the Baals and the Ashtoreth. Next we come to the mitre that is also worn by the Catholic priest, cardinals, and the pope. It is shaped like the mouth of a fish, and is worn over the zucchetti. It strongly replicates the hat worn on the false god Dagon, who was the god of agriculture, plenty, and good fortune. The Babylonian priest wore this headdress, which represented the worship of Cybele and Dagon. It featured an open fish mouth on the head, with the rest of the fish body forming a cloak. According to the Encyclopedia of Religion and Ethics, Babylon pagan priests also wore a mitre, just like the Roman Catholic Pope and bishops. The mitre was also used in the pagan Mithraic faith. The name mitre originates from Mithra. When ancient depictions of the false god Dagon wearing this headdress are held up with a recent photo of Pope Francis wearing the mitre, it is undeniable that the two are identical. The Lord God warned the Jewish people not to worship the gods of Babylon. In Jeremiah one sixteen, he declares... I will pronounce my judgments on them concerning all their wickedness, whereby they have forsaken me and have offered sacrifices to other gods and worshipped the works of their own hands. We then come to the obelisk, which is a very prominent fixture in the center of St. Peter's Square in the courtyard of the Vatican. Obelisks were prominent in the architecture of the ancient Egyptians, who placed them at the entrance of a temple, marking it as a zone of sun worship. They represent the sun god Ra, the Egyptians' greatest deity, who they say is the creator of humanity, the source of all heat and light, and the being on which man is totally dependent. An Egyptian obelisk sits in front of the pantheon of ancient Rome, which housed statues of their pagan gods. The obelisk was originally constructed by Pharaoh Ramses II for the Temple of Ra in Heliopolis. It was brought to Rome in ancient times where it was used near a shrine to the Egyptian god Isis. The pantheon was dedicated to pantheos, meaning all the gods. When it was restored as a Roman Catholic Church, it was dedicated to the Virgin Mary and all the saints and martyrs. The most well-known Egyptian obelisk was re-erected in 1586 AD in front of St. Peter's Basilica. It is surrounded by a sun wheel, with the points lining up with the vernal equinox, the summer solstice, and the winter solstice. During the sunrise on the vernal equinox, the sun causes the obelisk to cast its shadow toward the dome of St. Peter's Basilica, which by pagan tradition represents the conjugal union of the sun god and the moon goddess. In Exodus 20, 4-5, we read the Lord's commandment. You shall not make for yourselves a carved image or any likeness of anything that is in heaven above or that is in the earth beneath or that is in the water under the earth. You shall not bow down to them nor serve them, for I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God. Next, we come to this excited star that is the supreme symbol of satanic tyranny and which is displayed throughout the Roman Catholic Church. The hexagram was used by people such as the pagan Babylonians, Egyptians, and Assyrians to directly worship Satan. Helena Blavatsky, who was the late 19th century's most famous and notorious mystic, occultist, and medium, wrote that Lucifer is the true God, and she incorporated the hexagram in the emblem of the still-existing Theosophical Society which he founded in 1875. Satanists, Luciferians, astrologers, and witches use this symbol to invoke the power of demons. The six-sided star numerically equals 666, with six points, six triangles, and six sides. Even King Solomon, in his backsliding and marriages to many foreign wives, used this symbol in witchcraft, magic, and the idolatrous worship to Ashtoreth and Moloch, as recorded in 1 Kings 11.4-6. The eight-pointed star is another pagan symbol that is used throughout Roman Catholicism. It represents the pagan goddess Ishtar, the light bringer. In Babylonian symbolism, the goddess Ishtar is represented by an eight-pointed starburst, and she is associated with the planet of Venus. Ishtar was the Babylonian high mother goddess, the goddess of fertility, love, and war. Her cult was the most important one in ancient Babylon. The Babylonian star cult is the core and the archetype of subsequent astrology. At the center of St. Peter's Basilica, the Pope sits in the middle of eight eight eight-sided stars. Another symbol seen readily in Roman Catholicism is the Maltese Cross, which represents Shamash, the god of the sun and justice. Shamash was a native Mesopotamian deity and the sun god in the Akkadian, Assyrian, and Babylonian pantheons. In an ancient image of an Assyrian king, he is wearing a cross on his chest, just like the one the Pope wears on his robe. The cross was identified with a sun god eight centuries before Christ, and long before it was called the Maltese cross by the Knights of Malta. It is also called the Iron Cross. Adolf Hitler, whose mother was a devout Roman Catholic, renewed use of the Iron Cross in 1939 and superimposed the Nazi swastika in its center. We then come to the Catholic Mass, which is seeped with many similarities to the pagan religions. The Catechism of Catholic Doctrine states that "...the Holy Mass is the sacrifice of the body and blood of Jesus Christ." really present on the altar, under the appearance of bread and wine, and offered to God for the living and the dead. In the ritual of Roman Catholicism's Holy Communion, which at best is an oxymoron, and at worst a blasphemous and sacrilegious insult to the Holy Spirit, a miracle is purported to happen in which the whole substance of the bread and wine is changed into the literal physical body and blood of Jesus Christ. They call this blasphemy transubstantiation, which means a change of substance. After the adoration of the consecrated host, the uplifted hands of the priest pretend to offer to God the very body and blood of Christ as a new sacrifice for the living and the dead in which they crucify the Lord Jesus over and over again during every Mass that is offered. The priest then pretends to eat him alive and then gives this transubstantiated Christ to the people to eat. Beloved, can we not see how Lucifer has demonically orchestrated a pagan Babylonian religious system that he has disguised under the superficial sprinklings of what mimics genuine Christianity, and how he is mocking Elohim with his blasphemous and demonic assault against the truth, and laughing at the naive ones who have fallen into his trap. In Matthew 15:8, Lord Jesus declared that, These people honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. And he also gives the stark warning in Matthew 7 that not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but he who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. In our next segment, we will continue to expose the deadly counterfeit of Roman Catholicism while contending for the unadulterated word of God's truth that alone will eternally save. I pray you will join me. And until then, beloved, as always, I bid you His agape.
0: You've been listening to Love's Last Call with Evangelist Carol Ann of Agape Light Ministries. If you have a prayer request, please contact us at Agape Light Ministries, P.O. Box 6313, Chesterfield, Missouri, 63006, or via our website, at www.AgapeLightMinistries.com Again, that's www.AgapeLightMinistries.com